It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. I'm Andrew Hames, and this is Raven News. Police are investigating the death of a Sitka man who fell into the water at Crescent Harbor on Monday night. Police responded to a call of a man unresponsive in the water at Crescent Harbor around 11.15 p.m. on Monday. Officers attempted life-saving support, but the man, later identified as 62-year-old Jeffrey Stewart, was pronounced dead on scene. Next of kin have been notified. Police Department spokesperson Serena Wild said that video evidence from a preliminary investigation showed Stewart standing alone on the dock and then falling into the water. Police believe that alcohol may have been a factor. They do not suspect foul play. It's likely to be another weak year for King Salmon returns to the major river systems of southeast Alaska in 2024. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game issued its 2024 Southeast Alaska Chinook salmon forecasts on Monday. Of the 11 Chinook stocks in the region, only the Chilkat River is expected to have an adequate number of Chinook returning to spawn. Nevertheless, this number, known as escapement, is still in the middle of the range and could be lower depending on how many fish are harvested before they get to the river. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game has adopted action plans to try and limit the catch of king salmon bound for southeast rivers, but some are always intercepted. However, ADF&G assessment biologist Philip Richards says overharvest is probably not the problem. There is some level of harvest um, for all of our southeast stocks. Um, However, in the past five years in particular, the, the harvest rates have been extremely low for all of our stocks. That indicates that the harvest is not driving the the low abundance, that it's uh, most likely marine conditions. Marine survival remains the million-dollar question, according to Richards. Many factors could be at work in the ocean, but southeast Chinook runs have dipped before, and the cause is unclear. Some of our Chinook um, escapement projects started in the, the early 1970s, and at that time, Escapements were extremely low. Once again, we, we don't know why, but that was a, a period, and we don't know how long that lasted You know, prior to us starting the stock assessment projects. In addition to the Chilkat, only the Unuk in southern southeast is expected to reach its escapement target, but just at the lower end with 1,800 kings returning to spawn. The Taku River near Juneau should see a return of just over 17,000 large fish, which is 2,000 below minimum. The department had insufficient data to forecast the run for the Stikine River near Wrangell, but it's expected to be far below the minimum of 14,000 fish. The Alaska Board of Fisheries has designated seven of Southeast Alaska's wild Chinook runs as stocks of concern. They are the Chilkat, Taku, King Salmon, Stikine, Unuk, and Chickamin Rivers, and Andrew Creek. Ketchikan broke tourism records this year, with one and a half million visitors. A place many tourists end up is the town's oldest bar, the Arctic Bar, which was opened in 1937. 
It is famous with tourists and locals alike. Paula Weissel is the bar's longtime owner. In part three of Coast Alaska's four-part Tourism Today series, KRBD's Jack Darrell stopped into the bar to talk to her about how she's seen the town change over her years serving up drinks. Picture this. You're new to town. It hasn't stopped raining since you got here. You're walking along Water Street past the cruise ship docks. Cars are whizzing by, just a pair of floating headlights. You pass a squat, unassuming bar between a Filipino restaurant and a sprawling souvenir shop called Sakai Sam's. It looks warm and dry. Hey, Paula. You're in the Arctic bar, and you're talking to its co-owner, Paula Weissel. I know the bartender. She and I are friends. But when I ask her for a drink, that's when our friendship ends. Is she a man? Is she a mouse? It's time we had one on the house. Weissel knows a lot of bar songs. This one, she learned in Craig, a small logging town on nearby Prince of Wales Island. When Weissel was 17, she went to a wedding there. She brought a fake ID with her. She wasn't old enough to drink. We were um, there for like five days, and the third day, one of the girls said, Paula, you're going for a job interview tomorrow. And I said, I am? And she said, yeah. And I said, what am I going to be? And she says, you're going to be a bartender. I said, I'm going to be a bartender? Weissel calls herself a bit of a den mother for newcomers to catch a can and lifelong locals alike. Anything you need, honey, she says. You call me. It's a role that she's well known for in the community. Yeah, they're all my kids now. I don't have any kids of my own, but I run a big daycare center called the Arctic Bar. She's been behind a bar for almost 40 years and has owned this bar for 27 of them. Its original location was Creek Street in the days when it was dominated by brothels. According to a newspaper clipping that is laminated into the bar top, a 1956 flood swept the entire bar into the river. Weissel says for years afterwards, men would dive into the river and come up with cases of beer. Decades later, beer remained a popular choice if you weren't too picky. Back in the day, the Arctic had two kinds of beer, and they draft beer, and they'd say, well, what kind are they? And I'd say, they're light and they're dark. And they'd say, oh, I know, but, but what are they called? They're, one's light and one's dark, and that's how it is. So you have one or don't. The new bar again stands in a central location on Water Street near the cruise ship docks. When the huge ships pull into port, the Arctic is in their shadow. Weissel has seen the town change over the decades. The fluctuations of the fishing industry, the booms and busts of logging, and now the town's current economic engine, tourism. It's just different. It, tourism is different than the logging and the fishing and the pipeline. The, the good old days are over, and so it's tourism now. And it, like I said, if you don't change after so long, you, you're just going to fade. You're, it's not, you're not going to survive. But how has the bar had to change? Weissel says there's basic things, like having well over 100 credit cards left by customers. Oh, and they have to open earlier. It's totally different. Balls to the walls. You open at 8, people are waiting outside that door to get in. By state law, they can't come in before 8. You can't open at 7. You can't open at 6 in the morning. And I, I know it's crazy, but believe me, there's people that would like to have a cocktail at that time. They're on vacation. They're happy. You know, I get it. The bar is Weissel's life's work. She says there will come a day, though, that she won't be behind the bar. When that day comes, hopefully far in the future, she hopes one of her bartenders will buy the Arctic. She says she doesn't want the property to be bought by Disney Cruises or any of the other big outfits that would jump at the chance because of the Arctic's prime location. 
This is a common concern in Ketchikan. As the tourism industry expands, locals express worry about the increasing space it takes up around town. Just at this moment, there's ongoing debate among the borough's assembly about a swath of land north of the city. The borough plans to subdivide it to help with the borough's housing crisis. But as one assembly member said, if we don't put restrictions on that land, tour companies and developers are going to put lodges on it. This sometimes adversarial relationship between locals and tourists isn't new, though. Weissel recalls when she first bought the bar. Her first act of business was removing a sign that the previous owner, Larry Buster Jr., had hung from the back deck. The sign was on full display when cruise ships pulled into port, and it said, Princess Cruise Line. As soon as the paperwork was done, I was, said, I gotta go get something on the deck, and Larry said, the, the sign that I made that said, Princess Cruise Line, you might as well shoot yourself in the foot, Larry, as to have that sign out there. I just bought the bar. I'm sorry. I, I mean, come on. Time's changing, <laughs> and the sign had to go. Weissel says she gets it. Some locals just don't like tourists, and they wait to run errands, like picking up mail, until the cruise ships are gone. But she also says it plays an important role in keeping places like the Arctic alive. I, I'm not going to be mean to people and make them think that they'd never come in here. You cra- No, I mean, I want to welcome everybody and, and make sure everybody has a good time and has fun. Weissel pours herself a small glass of Jägermeister. She reminisces about her beginnings in Craig, a town she showed up in as a summer visitor, and learned songs that she hopes now won't be forgotten. I like humpback salmon, good old humpback salmon, caught by Alaska fishermen. I like crab and shellfish, they sure make a swell dish. I think the halibut is grand. I don't like T-bone steaks, cut from the steers in Texas, but give me fish, and I don't give a f*** if I do pay taxes. From the Arctic Bar in Ketchikan, I'm Jack Darrell. I'm Andrew Hames, and this has been Raven News. Taking a look at the community calendar for today, Wednesday, Sitka Homeless Coalition's shelter Sitka campaign to raise funds for programs combating homelessness runs through December 31st. Also, a basketball clinic for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade boys and girls is at the Hames Center today through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon. Also, the White Elephant Shop Thrift Store is open noon to 3 p.m on Wednesdays. And this evening, author Lois Verbon reads from her new collection of local stories, Sips of Soup. That's at 6.30 p.m. tonight at Sitka Public Library. Stay tuned for more Morning Edition. It's coming up very shortly. Thanks for listening this morning.